Hey, happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. It's going to be a, a cool podcast because we have a special guest, Tony. Uh, <laughs> Andre uh, took us up on the offer that we had a few podcasts back about, like if anybody wanted to like um, get on the podcast with us and talk about whatever. So this is Andre, everybody. Say hello, Andre. Hey, guys. What's up? So you're in Virginia. Can we yeah. say that? Okay. He's in a bunker yeah, in Virginia. Fine. He's in a bunker in Virginia. <laughs> Andre's not his real name, and uh, he's a. Uh, you're. Can I say what you do for? Uh, sure. You're a composer. Yep. And you're a very good one, by the way. Thank you. I'm gonna put some links up of Andre's uh, his jam, what he does, because he does it really well. <laughs> um, on uh, Ashland Podcast and across our social media, so please go and click on those links and and uh, listen to Andre's stuff. He's really, really the bomb, talented. Um, Thank you. Cool. So you took us up on, <laughs> you're such a brave guy. I didn't even know anybody <laughs> listened to the end of the podcast. So that was, that came at the very end of a podcast, several podcasts ago. So what made you want to come on the show? Well, I've always wanted to do something sort of like this because I always have a lot of conversations with my friends about, you know, movies and TV shows. And we're really just big on talking about that stuff. But I was like, I wonder what it would be like to talk about with people who maybe don't, don't know me as well as what I like, or, you know, have just have a sort of like different lens or viewpoint. Um, apart from the guys that I think you guys are apart from the point that I think you guys are hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean that in a sympathetic kind of, Oh, bless your heart way. Or like, we're actually, no, funny no, to no, you. no, 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 no. Yeah. No, I think you guys are, are great. Cool. And I think you just, you guys just have really good discussions on everything. Oh, I and, love that discussion. Yeah. Meaning that I talk 89% of the time and Ian says, and I mix 100% of the time. Oh, Little snappity uh-huh. snap snap on the engineering there. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, so one of the things that we were talking about, we had this kind of pre-conversation to get to know one another. And one of the things that emerged out of this conversation is like, what are we going to talk about? Because there's so many shows that we're all kind of watching. But there's a lot of shows that Andre's watching, that we're watching, that are not finished yet, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of shows that we've already covered. So one of the things that emerged is the show that Ian and I have grown to like love to hate that you're still with is The Walking Dead. Yes. <laughs> so I found it interesting because I've been wanting to do this. I've been wanting to talk to someone who's stuck with the show and to sort of talk about all of that because... I, tr- I did it with Glow. I'm about to say something that I just did. My big credo is I don't want to talk about something to just shit on it, right? Right, yeah. But <laughs> since you're still walking, watching The Walking Dead, I want to have a conversation with someone who's sticking in. And, and maybe Andre can talk us into... And it's not your job to talk us into, but he can like <laughs> kind of say, okay, guys... Don't give up on it yet. But I think we we have very valid reasons for dropping out. Uh, you know, yeah, and Andre would agree with that. It's it's not like it's like yeah. Oh, I just I don't like the way he did his hair or something. Like, you know, like that. It's just it it was. It's you know it's 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 valid. It's not entertaining anymore. Right, right. And if I'm yeah. gonna if I'm gonna spend the little bit of time that I have on entertainment and money. That I need to get my dollars worth, personally. Yeah, I think. Well, you're paying for it anyway with your cable bill. You're not paying extra for The Walking Dead. I know, but it's you know. Ma- it, you said maybe it's a waste it's, of your time. Maybe it's time because my time is precious, it's just as much as my money. Because time is money. That's true. Wow, Ian came out of the gate really strong on that. And <laughs> he goes back to the bench. To you should have seen his face. He was just like, he was all eyebrows and stuff just now. Okay. Um, I will explain in brief where we got to where we got. We stuck in through all of the crazy stuff where people dropped out, like the fake off of Glenn's death. And then they actually killed Glenn and Abraham. We stuck through that. I knew it was coming. I hated the execution of that. And then the cliffhanger through the summer. I think that was boneheaded, but we stayed, we stayed through Mm -hmm. the ramble of season seven and all of the, those bad decisions. And then we stayed up until the mid-season finale of eight. And then 
I don't even remember the mid-season finale, but I just remember kind of like taking my hands off the wheel and going, I'm out, you know? I didn't really even go out yeah. on a high note. I just kind of, kind of just sort of like, womp, womp, just kind of left it through the back door. So, and the reasons why we left is because they have all of this opportunity and all of these great characters, well... They've let Eugene stay too long at the party, in my opinion, and they've killed off Denise. Well, I totally agree. Well, yeah, she's gay. We got to kill her, right? So it's like we we've let a bunch of just idiots stick around. Beth, way too long, and then we've then we've let other people just you know we kill off like really interesting characters. We kill off T Dog, but then we allow you know other characters to stick around for. And then we introduce just dumb fucking storylines. Like the heapsters hate every single fucking thing about the heapsters. And yeah. then I hear they all die. And I didn't even get it around to stick it, but they left the main heapster there. Dude. So there's a lot of these things where they called this season All Out War. I started calling it All Out Bore. And I was done. Yeah. And I. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say we're going to make our case, and then Andre's going to. Yeah, it, it's it's not like you know we're we're just we're piling on the shit right now. It's been since the beginning of the show because I remember we doing podcasts every single episode. Yeah, we did. And uh, on a podcast before on a one. previous podcast, yeah. and and it was the consensus of like everybody in the room that ever since day one, Rick has been making stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been that that one thing has been carried along. All the way through whatever, what were they, nine seasons now or something? We're going into season nine. To the point where the actor himself is even making these. Well, he's leaving the show. Yeah, these yeah. remarks. So it's not like, oh, you know, all of a sudden we flipped the, uh, the, the switch and like, we hate this thing. You know, you, you've been calling out the flaws in it since the beginning. We dated her for a long time. And it's not that. like, you know, you know, you just like you said, you're not. We're not just shitting on it just to shit on it. It's and 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 a lot of shows have flaws. Yeah. But it seems though with this one that the um, maybe it's you know the showrunner or whoever's in charge of all this kind of stuff is is uh, what is it throwing it in your face and mm. being arrogant about it, and then it's it, then it's insulting now. Gimple, so, I felt like Gimple did do that. Now, not, not only am I wasting my time and money, but you're insulting me. And taking glee in it. And taking glee in it. And so to that, I just have this, you know. <laughs> but, um, Andre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and go. <laughs> well, I, I do want to say that I don't disagree with you guys on that on those points at all i think i guess i should like sort of save it till the end on why i i decided to keep watching but i think right now the show is in a a really weird spot in the fact that it's just a a new showrunner angela king there's going to be a time jump which i normally don't like time jumps but i feel like this show desperately needs it absolutely and and we're looking at we're looking at a new plot that potentially could go to DC, so we're switching settings as well. So there's stuff in motion that that's making me want to just give it one last try because I've been watching the show since day one, and for me it's really hard to like stop watching something if I know there's more of it out there. If that makes sense. Now, I'm not going to say that I tune in every Sunday night to see the new episode. I let it pile up on my DVR and then just go, just go through it. And I do skip a lot of things because it, 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 it's right. It's, it's gotten really, really, really boring. And the problem, the reason why I think it's getting boring is the fact that, I don't know if it's Scott Gimple, I don't know if it's the writers, but either or, they are mistaking action for storytelling. Mm. And I don't even mean like action sequences. I mean, people are doing stuff, so obviously our plot is moving along. But the, matter, the, the fact of the matter is, and I was talking to you, Lisa, about this earlier, is that when you look at the ratings for the show, when you look at the, the seasons compared to other seasons, people are only tuning in. You see a huge spike in people tuning in for the mid-season finale and the finale because they know that 
that's when the big events happen and everything else in between is not there's there's like build up to it you could say but it's not going to be imperative to your understanding of how everything else works out and i totally agree with that especially when i let pile like when i let episodes pile up on my dvr and i'm watching and i just keep finding myself tuning out and i have to go back see if I missed anything. No, I just saw a bunch of people, you know, just kind of standing around with guns. Some shooting happens every now and again. Someone gets, you know, grabbed by a walker in their leg again. And there's like that weird music, that blaring music, which I think Bear McCreary, the awesome composer, is frankly being wasted on. Bless his heart. On the show, honestly. Yes, you're right. Um, and also the fact that the cast is just too damn big. Yes. I think that is really hang- like really sinking this show because like if if you compare it to like like the first 3 seasons we had basically just Rick and his crew and like season 3 we got like the governor Woodbury and that was good we had like a strong A plot and a strong B plot and we saw how different people were attacking the same problem. But now we're in season 8 and we have six different locations with six different storylines happening. Yeah. And the show goes back and forth on how it wants to address this. It either dedicates one episode to one character and it doesn't switch back at all, which I think is just absolutely excruciating at points. Right. And they did this a lot in season seven as well. Oh my God. 90 minutes with Morgan. Oh yeah. The fuck man. Yeah. Or even, even oh, I don't even remember her name, like the, the girl that went to the Oceanside and we spent an entire Oh, I remember her. Oh, Tara. 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 Please. Oh, my God. Please throw her, uh, throw her in the lake. Yeah. And it's, it's just, the problem I think right now is how, it's like, I do believe in giving credit where credit is due. And I think the show has really good actors, has really good, you know, special effects, visual effects for a TV show, what have you. But the problems that re- the thing that really matters is the writing and the story, and that's what I think it's really, really lacking. If you don't have that, then there's no reason for us to show up. I mean, I said this to you when we were talking before, and it's the thing I say about The Walking Dead. It looks like everybody's having such a good time making it because I follow all the actors, the main actors on social media, and everybody's having a good time. And what's not to like about Norman Reedus? He's an awesome dude. All these guys are having a hell of a time. They're having a great time setting up restaurants and having dinners and pulling pranks on each other. That doesn't translate to the screen, though. I'm not having a yeah, good time watching your show. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah well, I have no no gripe against you know the production side of it and the and the actors, you know. And it's like it's just what you're saying. It's it's the story that is not holding me. And yeah, I, and I if don't Andre, have the he's still there, is 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 like piling them up on his DVR, which is probably the best way to watch a show yeah. like this. I think yeah. we would have been less frustrated because yeah. we were appointment watching the show, which we rarely do. We do that with Game of Thrones. Uh, we do that with. It's only a handful it's just Game of Thrones of, and Mr. Robot, of, yeah, right? Game of Thrones and then yeah, exactly. and Robot, and then we were like we were appointment watching Walking Dead. That was our Sunday night kind of jam, mm-hmm. and then you know watching this show appointment watching on Sunday nights is like excruciating as shit. There's not enough whiskey in the world. You got to go to work <laughs> on Monday, dude. I'm knee yeah. walking fucking drunk, and so yeah, and I hear what you're saying, and I think. I think you've kind of, I mean, we all know that Angela Kang is going to have, she's had a huge influence on the show. If not for Kang and a few others in the writer's room and the producers uh, above the lines, I think this show would have been shot over a cliff a long time ago. I think she's saved it from so many fires before. So hopefully, you know, and it is heartening that I didn't even know this until you said it, that maybe we're flashing forward. Maybe we're at DC. I know Kirkman is, is said, you know, he's vowed never to talk about the cure in the future. I think it's time to talk about the cure, guys. I think it's time to talk about the end of this or 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 Zag, you know, what Game of Thrones did. He's like, this is in the books. This is what we're doing on the show. Take it yeah. to an interesting place. And The Walking Dead has all of these opportunities to go into all these different directions. Okay, so you've killed Coral, and now you've killed, you know, you're probably going to, I don't know what how Andy's going to ride off into the sunset. I hope they give him a, a blaze of glory death. Maybe he makes a bad decision that kills himself. He walks into a pothole, um, a manhole cover, whatever. But it's like, okay, so you're going to, we're going to end up with like Denai Guerrero on the show. God bless her. She could be doing a million things. Uh, you're going to end up with Norman Reedus 
Deny, Melissa McBride, um, Carrie Payton, and uh, the dude who plays Jerry. And they're going to what? Get to D.C. and find the cure. So if you're going to do that, Angela, and I trust her, maybe she's going to do it in this glorious way and send the show out in, in the way that it deserves. Because it, we've all been here since the beginning. And, and again, we didn't just leave. We didn't leave when they killed Glenn or fake kill Glenn. You know, half of our friends left. But we stuck. <laughs> yeah. We stuck it out. And it was, I think it was Gimple's gleeful shoulder shrugging on Talking Dead that made me want to drive to his house. Yeah. And knock his yeah, teeth Yeah, the, just the smugness about it. Like, I fuck just, you, dude. I was like, dude, come on now. There's, there's a fine line between, like, teasing what's coming next and then just being smug and letting everyone know that you I'm holding the cards and you guys won't know for another six months what happens next. And then all these, and yeah, go ahead. I, and wasn't the original like plot for like season four or five, six, wasn't the original plot to get Eugene to DC so he can find the cure. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. And that would have been great. So that, I mean, yeah. And that, so I'm, I'm wondering where, where, they're, where, how DC is sort of, you know, figuring into this story now, mm-hmm. Yep, but I think I think exactly. I think the problem is is that there's no end point to this. There's no goal. The goal right for this past season was to stop Negan, to kill Negan. Well, how is that any different from stopping the governor? Right. You know, it, it's stopping you know Terminus or whoever came before that. I don't even know. Yeah. But and me personally, the the show has put itself in such an awkward position with how it treats character deaths. And especially when we're, we have rumors of Andy Lincoln leaving and we have Lauren Cohen, who's also thinking of leaving, yeah. are they just, if they just kill them, it's not going to mean anything because the way the show, and I mean, that this could change with, you know, Angela King coming on board, but the way the show has treated big deaths like this in the past mm. and using them for shock factor and not doing it them to sort of help their story or add, add depth to their story. Mm. And again, it depends on if if they do die. It depends on how Angela King handles it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, if they don't want to kill them, are they just going to ride off into the sunset and never come back? Like I don't. They just put themselves in a really awkward position. They with really have how well, how they they put the characters together. How, hey, Andre, and how, how, they get how did they deal with the Morgan thing? Like how did how did they write him off of that and then put him on the other show? Um, I don't think they wrote him off. Um, he just took a bathroom break and he ended up on another show. <laughs> he just like wandered off the set. I'm and just going to piss in the woods, guys. Went to the other crafty table. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can like and the food here better. He, he took such a long walk in the woods that he ended up in like, you know, California, Mexico. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I think, I think he was there in the last episode. And, but mm-hmm. I think after that, that weird mid season finale thing with him, Coming to terms with the fact that, you know, he, I guess I kind of have to kill people now because sometimes it's the only way. That, that in itself is a, is a really cool and interesting thing about a character. But then they just took it to a place where it didn't even matter anymore. But weren't you they, didn't see him. Didn't they, didn't they, like, take that away from Morgan, though, with all the Father Gabriel bullshit? Like, how are you giving the same quandary to two different characters? Do you know true. what I mean? Like that's what yeah. it just undermined what was going on with Morgan because we had this again the I, ninety minute thing, the whole struggle back then. I love Seth Gilliam. He was awesome on the wire. He's a fantastic actor, and then they they dumped this horrible character on him, and we all fucking hate him so hard. And then it undermines what Morgan's doing. Should I kill? Should I not kill? All the way. Up, and by the way, it's a dumb question to ask it, in this world. Exactly, it's a dumb fucking yeah. question. Yeah, I just think I find just exploring that question stupid. For me, it's like this show would be so much interesting. It's like, how will I kill you? Should be the question. Will I kill you in this elaborate way because I've had a lot of food and rest, or I would just like low level just fucking kill you? I mean, like seriously, why are we pondering this morality? Yeah, it it should be a uh, the question should be how should I kill you? I mean, strategically, how should I do this? Should I be noisy? Should I be silent? Can I get away? I mean. In this world, uh, yeah. I know that we're supposed to pretend that we have morality. And I was just, I was saying this to Andre before we started the podcast of, I don't know that I'm watching things through the Trump America filter. Am I watching things from such a jaded point of view that, um, 
that I'm just like, fuck it. You know, how are we going to murder all these motherfuckers? You know, I just, <laughs> am I so like the world is so on fire for me that I'm just like, yeah, fuck morality. Why are we having these questions? I don't know. It could be coloring the way I feel about it because Andre seems to have kept his humanity. He doesn't seem like he's gone as uh, wild and feral as say some of us have like me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, and again, the, the whole like father Gabriel thing, when we met him, we saw a priest that that you know sort of abandoned his faith. He locked his church. He killed a so bunch of people. Yeah, exactly. In. He let people die. To me, that was interesting because you have a pastor like the very symbol, you know, of compassion and caring and stuff like that. But then you have this person that's sort of paired together with it. To me, that's interesting. But then this is what the show does. They offer you really interesting characters. Most of the time they offer you really interesting characters and they either kill them or just let them bleed off into the background. And we never mention them again. We might see them in an episode or two and then they might come up and have another half-assed plot and then go away. Again. Right. Right. And, and it's, and it's, again, it's the curse of having, such huge cast. But see, you can control this. I mean, like the comic book can do whatever it wants to its panels. So you can draw like 30 people there in the panel and have two people speaking. You know, we know that it just becomes a different thing when you have human beings on set and you have to pay for them. And then there's wages and there's also that care and handling and schedules and all that kind of shit. So you can control that, you know, game of Thrones, even though you got HBO money, like it's ten million an episode, they they don't they don't crowd the episode with like twin mother, ten, ten motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like they still like we're gonna concentrate on Danny, and then we're gonna go over here, and then we're gonna go to Cersei's house, and then we're gonna la la la. And then when they have like a big moment, they put them all in the the, the finale of like season eight. Then everybody shows up at the you know the gangster party yeah. and goes, and it's fucking Ooh. amazing. And it's fucking amazing. Whereas we have like these people don't. The, surely to God, I mean we have like. And Gail Ann Hurd, like a veteran running this show. You got uh, Denise Huth, again, a veteran. Are they just not letting people come into the room and going, okay, here, guys, here's how you do it. Here's how you take all these different sets and all these different stories and you intersect them. It feels like they let that writer's room make up their minds about things and they made like the bad, the bad decisions. Like there's no grown up in the room going, we really shouldn't do this guys. We really shouldn't spend 90 minutes with Morgan or introduce some little psycho kid that, that, you know, uh, poor, um, Carol has to babysit again. They're, they're saddling her with like psycho children. It's like, what is she a daycare worker? What the fuck you made her the most yeah. badass character in the world. Yeah. And now she's just standing around, like, holding the door open for the other characters. It's like, is there anybody coming into that room that represents the voice of reason and says, I wouldn't do this? I agree. Yep. Yep. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I am very passionate about this show still. Because when I see missed opportunities, I'm always scratching my head. And I know human beings make these things. I understand that. People, you know, have to sleep and eat and shit and they die and they're human beings and they're not perfect. But when you have this kind of like fandom writing on this and when you have so many people who've invested, you would think that there are they, I mean, maybe they are, but how do you end up with that on screen is, is my, is I'm always just going, what happened? How do we, when they got the script, did anyone call and go, what the fuck? I think this is why I love Mr. Robot so much, because when they give Rami a script, he calls up Sam Ismail, and they get into a screaming match on the phone <laughs> until a <laughs> compromise is made, because Ismail wrote Elliot to be a very specific way, kind of dead and cold, and Rami was like, nope. No. Right. It's not going to be this way at all. And he changed the course of the show. And then you had uh, Portia calling up Sam going, I don't want to be the love interest. I just want to be like something you hang the, the love interest on. I don't want to be Elliot's, you know, squeeze. I want to have. And so that changed the course of her character. And don't tell me that these guys don't have strong voices. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they just they've been trying to talk and then nothing's been. No heard, one's hearing them. And that's why they're. Or leaving. maybe that they they've even gotten complacent about it. I mean, how long have they been doing? When was the yeah. first season? 2011, 2012. I want to say it was Earth earlier than that. So it's season 2010, right? They got happy with the Walking Dead money. <sighs> yeah. Maybe. It, it, Andy was like going to England and like moving his his fruit trees around with like his, you know, earth crawler. 
But, you know, and Norman, thank God, you know, Norman, this has been good for Norman. He's, I love Norman and I'm going to be crucified over this, but he's not, maybe he does have some chops in him because I've seen moments of glory in him in other films. Like I loved him in Sky and a couple of other things he's done. But I feel like Norman's coasting as well. It's like, surely he flipped a table when Andy said, I'm quitting. Surely. Yeah. I mean, we will, we'll never know. Right. And it, and it was, it was, I, I even remember watching an interview with him and I don't, and this was, uh, it was around season seven or so, but he, he said himself that once you lose the show's main characters, you lose the heart as well. Right. The problem is we've already lost the heart. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's the problem. And I don't know. It's just, the show's just gotten itself into a weird, weird position. And, and, much probably much like its actors it's also gotten complacent they're fo- following the same sort of formula over and over and over again so unfortunate um and that's why that i i truly thought when they introduced me again i don't i, I haven't read the comics um i've seen a couple of panels for you know big big scenes and stuff like that but i haven't read the comics when negan was starting to be introduced into the story even i knew that this was a big walking dead character and and i remember at that time and this is again around the sort of fake out death of the clan and everything when i saw the where the show was going i was like this can be really interesting yeah but then as season seven went on and i'm sort of going you know jeffrey dean morgan is obviously having the time of his life playing this role but also what there's nothing to that character that makes me think that he's a real person. Exactly. He's, he sort of, to me, is just very one note. Like, there are so many ways to go about, like, you can make him, like, insane, but also a genius at the same time. Or you can show him being vulnerable with people that he cares about. And we sort of kind of got that um, in this past season. Like, how I was telling you how when he finds out that Carl died that he is basically to the point that he's holding back tears. Like we should have gotten that two seasons ago, you know? And, and I will say that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is also another big reason why I continue watching. Even if I don't agree with how they're handling the character, even if I don't agree how they're handling the character, I still find him very entertaining to watch. Now that being said, (laughs) if you compare it to like season three and four, Negan is just a pretty much reincarnated version of the governor. Yep. You know, so again, it's repetition that's killing the show. And it's also why, why I'm seeing like all this new stuff that's coming up with season nine. I'm hoping, I'm also kind of hoping that season nine is just where they end it, mm. but it's looking like they can even, you know, the AMC boss said, Oh, it could go on for years. I certainly hope not. Why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you bring up a very good point and I think you nailed it on the head. Why uh, using Negan, Negan as an example, because I have read the comics and I, I kept up with them for the longest time. And then I was like, uh, what Kirkman does in the comic books, you can get away with in the comic books. You can just introduce one villain after the other and one community after the other. And it's a, fascinating story because you can turn those pages really quickly i can read a walking dead you know volume one on the toilet that should probably tell you that should probably need more fiber in my diet anyway so you can rip (laughs) through this entire story panel and that's one one thing but when you're translating um a graphic novel to the screen you you it's it's not as simple as just simply slapping it on there that's what happened with negan he feels like yeah. he's living on a one-dimensional page he feels like he's just lived there and we know jeffrey d morgan has chops we know oh yeah yeah we've seen performance after performance out of this actor and we know that he will bring whatever you uh want to the table but what they've ordered is the flat caricature from uh, the comic books, and I'm just going to go ahead and say something controversial, something very controversial. I don't think Robert Kirkman's shit. Um, I think he's good at doing graphic novels, but I think he, he should no way, shape, or form, with his lack of experience, ever been given the keys to this kingdom. This yeah. show was a lot more interesting when Frank Darabont was in charge of it the first uh, three seasons. It, he gave us... Um, he gave us... Uh, the Dixon brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, talk about Norman Reedus came in and pushed back and says, I don't want to be a racist, redneck, uh, drug addicted guy. I want to turn on that. Frank listened to that. Um, 
It was Frank's suggestion to ultimately take Carol to a place from turning from a mousy housewife into a badass and being almost a superhero character. He gave uh-huh. us a bunch of these these renditions because this is a very he, uh, look. He may have been an asshole. He may have been a lot of things. But hey, guys, a lot of assholes run this town. But he took these characters from the pages of this graphic novel and put them on the screen. And then yeah. Kirkman threw a fit because he he had a deal that allowed him to come in and fuck with it, and fuck with it he did. And then Gimple just came in and executed his wishes. And it's like we've just sort of – I want to put this, I think, squarely on Kirkman's lap. And, mm-hmm. the, and the reason that this has just stayed flat and boring and bullshit, because this is tracked – the heapsters are the whispers, or they're like, and then the wolves, the young Dave Grohl. Yeah, we didn't even we didn't even get to see who they were. <laughs> they were nothing. Oh and they yeah. Just, they just kept throwing boogeyman at us, boogeyman at us. You know, and we know in the comics that Negan ends up, you know, becoming imprisoned by Rick rather than being killed. And and I didn't get past that. I guess he becomes part of the society, and that's what they're had. So Kirkman is not going to deviate from what he's put in these. Um, in these graphic novels. And this show needed an intervention as soon as Darabont left. We needed a grown-up, and we never got yeah. it. We got Kirkman saying, people are watching it. And here's the thing. Here's why it will go on for decades and decades, is that it, the ratings have dipped, because I was checking the ratings as well, because um, I haven't looked at them in a long time. The ratings mm-hmm. have dipped, but it's still the number one show on AMC. So the yeah. network has, there's no consequences to these actions that's the only well, thing even, that's keeping that thing isn't it amc there's nothing else on amc there's literally nothing else like yeah, fear the walking all. dead oh yeah oh well yeah but like even like fear the walking dead i watched the first season hated it yeah me too did not did not like it at all yeah um they have like into the badlands i don't know how that's doing that was hard to watch um but it's that preacher i don't so, so let me just kind of interrupt real quick to make this point. Talking sure. about so you have a graphic novel which is Preacher, and it came out in 1991. And again, those are badass characters. I ordered uh, the first two um, volumes of uh, the graphic novels. Oh my god, great characters just just out there, you know, wonderfully drawn. And so Rogan and, and Goldberg and their partner come in and they rip that thing from the pages and they don't start where the comic book starts. They they do an origin story. I've got mail. They do they've done an uh, an origin story about where the archangels come from and and setting up uh, the little small town, and they don't just start in this weird place where the no- the graphic novels can do that, you know. And again, ninety one to when they start doing this in two thousand seventeen, sixteen, whatever, you know, Seth and those guys came in with writers and decided to take this to a very interesting place. Now, there it has gotten boggled down. I wasn't a fan of like season two, but it's it's still. If you're going to do this, if you're going to pull these characters off pages, you have to, you have to get in here and do it in a different way. I mean, fucking George Martin knew that if you're going to do Game of Thrones, you can't just do the book. First of all, it's impossible. And second of all, you know, by the time we introduce all the sigils, half your audience is left. You know what I mean? So, you know, Denoff and Weiss came in and said, we're going to do this kind of crazy thing with it. And they killed more characters than they've ever killed, you know, in the book. George Martin's like, these guys are motherfucking murder happy over here. Half of these characters are still in my books, you know, kind of thing. So you have to have this kind of intervention between the creator of the comic and the show. And no one, they, they gave the baby rattle back to Kirkman. And I've just seen nothing but the the graphic novel transpire and it's kind of boring in the graphic novel if you slow it down to a scale space if you did but if you flip through it oh that was cool that was a nice little snack but on a tv show with all this at stake somebody should have intervened and darabont clashed with kirkman because he had the ball sack to go i've done all of these big franchises and made a bunch of money and people loved it so Maybe Kang will come in. Maybe she has an influence over Kirkman and can wrestle that monster to the ground. You know, changes Whoopi or whatever the fuck and talk him into to talking about the cure and flashing forward. So that's been my big problem. I mean, I used to think it was Gimple, but as I look at it after I've stepped away from it, I think this is a Kirkman problem. 
that Kirkman needed an intervention and he's been the problem since the very beginning. And some of our hate is misplaced on Gimple. I think the the man has a deal that's ironclad and yeah, that's what I think. So he's just the enabler then. Yeah. I think we can, if you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at the creator. What do you think about that, Andre? I mean, like, do you agree or disagree? I, I probably agree. I remember us talking about, how for some reason people really seem to think that if something was wrong with the movie or show, it's gotta be the actor. Mm. It's gotta be, it's gotta be the actress and not the people who are putting the words in their mouth or writing the story. Uh, I can't say where, where that ideology comes from. I don't know if it's because they don't know how these things work. I don't want to say anything bad about people like that, but definitely not the actor's fault no you know they're there they're contracted to do their job it's ultimately i think the creator now again here's the thing where does the line blur between like the creator's influence and the studio's influence right that's the thing is there shared blame should we should we based on the chain of command should we be angry at amc whoever runs that sure Um, i got i got room to hate them too yeah (laughs) (laughs) i can do i I can multitask with my anger sure yeah just, just let me know who is in charge of the Glenn fake out death. Yeah. And then we'll, can we, can we talk about that a little bit? Because oh, yeah. I think when that happened, I was very, very nearly about to drop the show completely. Did you teeter? Um, yeah. And cause when it happened, when the, when the sort of fake out death happens, it was literally like see episode three of season five or six or whatever. Mm-hmm. When it happened, I was like, this was shot very weirdly. And I don't think it's permanent. And but here's the thing: I wanted it to be permanent because if they if they really did that, that fake out, I, I would lose a lot of respect. And guess what happened? We opened an episode. We're back in that same dumpster. We saw what happened, and I'm just thinking, this was just a really cheap move. Yep. I think honestly, and it's it really stemmed that from that moment stems the whole problem they have with character deaths from then on, because then they went and actually killed them a season later, which I think is just completely, not only is it lazy writing, but like we were saying, it's almost an insult to the people. And I'm not one to get mad at a show for like killing off a character or for a plot. I don't just, I don't agree with. I'm, I'm very willing to separate that. And it's not the show. It's just, you know, my personal taste, how I feel about how a story should go. But when that happened, I was just like, this is very lazy. It's just shock value. And is it going to impact the rest of the story? Probably not. That's the thing. So. I'm going to be super petty and say, fuck AMC for doing that. Um, <laughs> I have no problem just calling out. I get very, very mad about it. I did invest a lot of time. I thought it was lazy and cheap and stupid. And it was insulting because here's the thing. You're sitting in a room. I don't know how large that writer's room is. I could probably look it up on IMDb, but I'm not uh, going to do that at all. But like, let's just say there's more than one guy, right? Uh, let's just say there's 12 people, 13 people, whatever. More than two people in the room to make a decision. Plus, you have all these above the lines. You can phone a friend. You can do all kinds mm-hmm. of fucking things, right? You got all this money. So you decide to do this bullshit. Who's sitting there snickering behind their head, uh, hand in the writer's room going, you know what will be funny? <laughs> We're just going to fake out Glenn's death and then kill him. Whomever said that should have been told by the guy who was delivering the sandwiches, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Because I watched the yeah. show, and we're all going to be pissed off about that. And by the way, you're talking down to us now. Yeah. When you start talking down to me, I am not going to give you my eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. My and even, even Gimple and Stephen Ewan went on The Talking Dead, and they, and they said, Glenn will be, will be back in some form. Mm. And I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? People right. are like, oh, it's a flashback. And I was like, no, that pretty much just confirms that this was just fake, right? basically. And, of, of course, Talking Dead is kind of part of the issue as well because Glenn wasn't in the in memoriam section that they have. So I'm like, there's another indicator right there. But it, I still held out hope that it was going to be permanent. Not because I hate Glenn. I love Glenn as a character. I would love but him. what it would mean... What it, what it would mean to take one of the show's most popular characters, fake out his death, have you think that he's dead for four, four or five episodes, and then bring him back, ultimately to no avail, to no real impact on the show? If this were 2001 or 1986, that would have been very clever. Uh, yeah. You're doing this in the modern fucking world. 
you're in competition with shows that treat their viewers with respect, that don't dumb things down to them. And guys, people are very, very sharp. You know, they sit in movies, in test movies even, and they in the first five minutes go, yeah, yeah the guy did it. This guy did it. They're, the entire time, the village, they were, it was modern society. Like, you can't get away with just talking to people this way. I mean, I do a lot of talking to other writers about story. And you cannot enter into a contract with your reader or your listener or the person who's consuming your art and, and automatically speak down to them. Don't do it. Yeah. So when I've already had this contract with you to watch your show, I've already had this contract. I've got mail. And, 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 and here you go. Not only talking down about it, but then the way they covered it, just, it was breathtaking. And I, our friend Alex, oh my God, he was like, fuck them. And he was doing the podcast with us. We were doing episode by episode. It was a previous podcast called The Bad Kind of Puppy. And um, he just said, I'm not, I'm not doing any more Walking Dead. And he was done. He was so mad. He didn't want to talk to us anymore. It was just like, where'd he go? He was just, he like left the building. It was like, okay. So I felt, well, okay, I'll, I'll stick around and like see what happens. And I knew that the death was coming and it was as grisly as promised. It, it was comic book almost, I mean, it looks exactly like it does in the comic book. Yeah. Like, like it was literally, they just pulled the pages up and, and Nicotero and his team just made Glenn's head look the same way. And we knew that I knew that uh, Abraham died at a different point in the comics, so they did two for one. I don't know why they didn't do that in, in a staggered way, but um, I was like, okay. But then the, the way they cliffhanged everyone over the summer after doing, making us wonder who it was, that was the second insult. So it was the fake out death, and then Negan shows up and cracks some heads, and then people are looking at angles all summer long. Well, it's got to be this guy, this oh, guy, that right. guy. Yeah. They didn't just tell us who oh, it was. Yeah. They fucked with us even more. I was like, you guys are playing with fire. Yeah. You know, now you're just fucking with people. What's the point of that? People come to these shows to, for various reasons, to escape, to be entertained, to, like we talked about before the podcast started, I watch things to inform my, the world around me. Um, I think writers are having a conversation with us, filmmakers, the crew, the, the gaffer, you know, the sound guy. They're all having conversations with us. This is, this is an active conversation. And so when you show up to it and, and you're just like, fuck you, here's your yeah. – and it's like somebody's just dumping a bunch of like churned up mystery meat on the ground and going, you love it. And I'm like, oh, wow. Fuck you. So – Glenn's fake out was a fuck you waiting all summer long to figure out who he killed. And then, you know, I don't, I didn't get mad at the, the, the violence because the show, the show is full of gore. I don't know why people got so offended. I mean, yeah, that, that, that I will say, I'm not, I'm not sure what the, the whole, I mean, I guess it was a little bit gratuitous, but also the show's kind of known for its gore and violence like that. So I, I don't know about that, but yeah, I just didn't. And I think by then Steven Young was, he was so ready to get off this fucking show. <laughs> I think he was ready to like start his career. Cause it's the first thing he's actually ever done. And I think he yeah. was ready to go and like conquer the world. And it was a relief. And I don't think, I don't get from reading and hearing about the production in Sonoy that they're having a terrible time. I think they, the crew is, it's, it's grueling. They're very long days, but I feel like just getting out from under the weight of the material for some actors. Like, like again, Andy yeah. Lincoln is just, he's at the end of his rope. Um, because he's probably, you know, the man has to, he has to suffer a lot of firsthand feedback. Yeah. And, uh, probably the same thing with Lauren Cohen, who wants to start a career. She wants to do other things. Lauren's got chops. I, my personal, can we talk about what we want to see happen? Sure. Can we have that conversation? I want Denai Guerrera to get killed in the next episode of The Walking Dead so she can be free to be the badass that she is. You know, we I knew Denai's work before this and then now you see her in uh, Black Panther. She's also a playwright. Uh, she's a director. She's so talented. I feel like... And Michonne does nothing. She stands around and broods. Yeah. Um, I want them to kill Michonne next. <laughs> I say that and then it's like, but don't I want Michonne to go to D.C. and go... Yeah, I got it. It's me. I don't know. But I'd like to see her uh, either utilized or uh, killed. And then I, yeah. I want Norman Reedus to be forced to learn lines for The Walking Dead. 
I yeah. want them to give him a fucking monologue every episode until the show ends. <laughs> if you're going to take all this money, Norman, and you're second paid, like you make almost as much, probably if not as much money as Andy Lincoln, the women make much less. If you're going to take home that money, you need to do at least a two-minute monologue in every fucking episode, and then the, the, the show finale, you're going to talk for a full 15 fucking minutes. you got to get some pages. And then we're going to put bows in your hair so I can see your eyeballs when you're doing it. You have to wear barrettes, and you have to do a monologue. And I say this with love. I love Norman Reedus so hard, but you just can't just get to grunt through every fucking episode. Yeah. I want to see the and, and, that's that's also that's also the big problem with, and we were talking about like the composer Bear McCurry being wasted on this show. I think a lot of these actors are really great actors, but they're either being wasted or not given the potential to show their chops. Because I mean Norman Reedus, I honestly don't know what I don't understand what the hype behind his character is because he's he has no discernible arc. No. He's pretty much exactly how we met him in season one. Right. I've never seen him smile or laugh or have any discernible personality traits. Nope. We did, we did have that one episode where he was in prison. That was another episode that just focused on one thing. It was super boring. Wasted time. But I want to I wanna hear him talk. <laughs> I well, wanna, it's, it's such a weird thing to say. I want to hear him talk. I want to see him act. I want to see his eyes. Right. I want to see how he, how he emotes because I know he has it in him. And the same thing with Denai Guerrero. I can't believe she's putting up with this, especially, I mean, like, I'm going to be really honest, the way that she played Carl's death did not convince me. Did I not think really she was probably me. exhausted by then. She's like, she's probably standing there going, I went to Tish. What the fuck, man? And I mean, exactly. And they spent, and she spent the, that entire episode, like his death was like drawn out with the entire episode. And they had to sort of repeat themselves about how, you know, sad this whole thing is. But I mean, like, I have to be completely honest, like, and, can I talk about another movie that's completely spoilery? Sure. Um, did you guys see Infinity War? No. Not yet, no. Do you mind if it's spoiled? I don't oh, care. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so basically... I just have to make sure, remind me to put it in the description that we do spoil Infinity War. Okay, so... Yeah. Um, basically, um, Black Panther and, you know, Denagarira, they're in there for maybe like 10, 15 minutes. Okay. They're not a huge part of the film. But... Basically, at the end, a lot of people sort of bite the dust, as it were. Thanos kills, um, like, a majority of them, right? Basically, yeah, including Black Panther. Yeah. And the way Denai Guerrero, her, the way sort of how she plays that death was absolutely stunning and heartbreaking. But the, but the thing is, she's had a whole movie with this guy and, like, ten extra minutes in this movie. And I bought that reaction a whole lot more than I did with her four-season relationship with Carl. And I don't think that's her fault. No. I really don't think it's her fault. It absolutely it's the writer is. Saying, it's the writer saying, you basically have to mourn the inevitable for 50 minutes, and we also don't give you a whole lot to say. So work with that, and we'll see you in the next episode. I'm going to do basically, some- basically what happened. I'm going to say something kind of also controversial. Uh, I love me some Greg Nicotero. I think he's a genius when it comes to visual effects. I think so too. And he's had some great moments directing, but I think it's just been a bad call to let him handle a lot of this material. I think it's over his head. And, um, I think a guy like Greg, who is seasoned at what he does, an expert and just the bomb at what he does, uh, doesn't know what to do with his characters. He doesn't know what to do with these actors. And I think if you let even Andy direct or you let even deny uh, direct these episodes and you let and maybe that's what's going to happen. Angela Kang will write uh, deny will direct, but yeah. it, it takes it's it's not just the writers. It's not just about the lines that are, are to shoulder this burden and blame. The director knows what to do with an actor. They can draw a performance out of someone, and they're just standing there, like being like that's. I think that's the problem with Negan is that Nicotero knows he knows comics and he knows gore and he knows creatures, and he knows how to draw to a certain level. But beyond that, he's out of his depth. Yeah, and I don't. I don't believe uh, these directors, especially Greg. They're just. They're not up to the task. I'm sorry. It's not your lane. So. Bring you should bring in guns to do this. It, to to I mean again, you have it in your. You're paying tonight to be on set. 
you're giving her four lines. She just stands in the shadow of Rick. So yeah. let deny direct the the last you know season nine and see how it goes. And again, maybe this is in the works. I don't know, but she's a fucking director. You know mm-hmm. her her shows win awards. She packs houses. She knows what she's doing. She's directing film. She has a production deal right now. So for fuck's sake, yeah. You know it's right there in front of you. You don't have to do. You don't have to move an inch. You can be lazy as fuck and just put just mail deny a script. And go, you're directing, you know, one oh you know, nine oh two, nine oh three, nine oh seven and see how it yeah. plays. You know, even uh, Lenny James directs. You know, mm-hmm. there's uh, hell, I think you if you had Melissa McBride come in and direct an episode, you'd get fire. Who knows? Maybe Norman Reedus. Yeah. You know, at this point. So I'm just gobsmacked that I think people are focused on maybe the wrong things or having too much of a good time. I don't want to say anybody's lazy in this world. I don't want to say that. I mean, how is this crew and cast lazy? They work for 17, 18, 20-hour days in the fucking heat, trying not to yeah. get Lyme disease, doing stunts, and, and putting up with crazy stuff. So that's not lazy. That's far from lazy. So it's just a mystery to me why we don't have the things that we're all expecting out of the show. But you have talked me into maybe I'll sit and just we'll just pile up that last season, season eight, and just, just watch it, yeah, on demand. Yeah, we'll just put it on in the kitchen and like make some food and barbecue or whatever, and be like, all right, we won't miss much. And like Andre, Andre, Andre is saying, like you know, he, you know, you look up and go, oh yeah, nothing happened in that episode. Oh, a car pulled up. But this is the show that gave us the Grove. Yeah. And once I saw The Grove, I was like, and again, that director was not someone who usually directs on the show, I want to say. I think he ended up directing more later. But once you have that episode out there with two characters, I mean, what's your excuse? There is no excuse. That's where we always land, you know, when there is no excuse for the show to be better. And and for you, you know, like again, I haven't seen uh, Infinity War. It, it doesn't shock me that you give Denai like five minutes, and and she'll she'll kill it. She will fucking kill it. Yeah, you know, and she does the most with the ten fifteen minutes she's on screen as well. She has awesome other awesome um, moments in that movie. But I think I don't know. I and I think the, the reason I'm still watching is because I I I just roll my dice. Every time I turn on an episode, maybe this will be a good one. Maybe this won't be a good one. But you, I will sit through episodes, and I'm, and as soon as it's done, I was like, I couldn't tell you what just happened. Yeah, mostly because nothing does happen. Right. So again, enough shitting on the show. I do want to say, I know, I know. <laughs> I do want to say, I am sort of looking forward to what this new season is going to bring. Yeah, me too. I. I don't know what they're going to do with the talking then after the whole Chris Harwick situation. Jesus. Um, but yeah, that, that'll, that'll be interesting. I just wish, I just wish they would sort of learn from their mistakes. And I think the other problem is that AMC believes that the show is doing so well because it's its number one show. So it must mean that it's doing well, Sure, but that's all relative. You know, it's totally relative. So much. This show wouldn't last five seconds on fucking HBO. It wouldn't. And I think it would just be like people would overlook it on on Netflix past a certain point. You know, it's because it lives over at AMC, and they they probably have a lot of control over at AMC. You know, after Gilligan, uh, you know, Gilligan had a lot of control because of Breaking Bad, and he he went to AMC because he had control. And Better Call Saul, same reason. He he has creative control over there, and they let people kind of do what they want to a little bit. You know, they don't really interfere. Yeah. Um, and I'm and I think that that's a good thing. But but I'm just I'm totally looking at the people inside that room who have control over this and going. And again, I don't think it's I don't think we just sat here and did a, a shitting on Walking Dead. I think we I think we dissected why we are disappointed, and I feel like sure. no I feel like no one's listening. Yeah. It's like, I want to love your show. I love all of these actors. I, we appreciate what goes into making this show. 
we've given it all of our time and energy. And a lot of us stayed here after you talked down to us about the whole Glenn thing and all of your other bullshit asshole pondering storylines. We've stuck around. So yeah. throw us a bone here at the end. Show some show us, you know, that you care about us and show us that you you want to do better because otherwise go fuck yourself. I mean, maybe no one gave you a, an Emmy nod for a reason. But again, yeah. I don't give a shit about the Emmys, but I'm just saying like you know, listen to the people that keep you employed. You know, yeah. it's like when a celebrity goes rogue, like Johnny Depp is just disappearing up his ass right now. And I'm like, <laughs> you're about to make yourself so unfamous and so broke. No one can help you, buddy. Like, you know, I don't have any interest in helping Johnny pay his bills because he seems to just not care about humanity around him. And yeah. he won't address his, his serious addictions. And he won't, you know, again, I believed Amber out of the gate. I didn't want to, but I believed her. And what really pisses me off is that now everybody's really like, well, he had a guy. He had a location guy on the set. I'm like, and now they're really up in arms. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I guess it takes a dude getting hit to, for you know it to be a thing. But it's like, we can make you guys unfamous. You're, there's so many other things to do in this world. Yeah. There's so many other shows. So, you know... This is how I used to feel about dating. It's like, if you don't want to show me respect, there's so many other people on the planet. There's so <laughs> many other motherfuckers. And I, you know, as a bisexual people, I got more choices than the average bear. So <laughs> you're really fucking up, you know? So it's like, you know, if you want us to just, if you're trying to run us off, you're doing a really, that's what you're doing well. You're exceeding at chasing yeah. us off. You yeah. Know, is this a big experiment where you're trying to say, we'll take the most popular TV show on AMC and just categorically run everybody off episode I, by episode? I don't think we're an exception either. No, there's a lot of, you know, I think there's we're a lot of people who feel this than, way. Yeah. yeah. It's almost, I would say, and I can't gauge, I'll, there's no way to know this. I think it's like 50 50. Really? There's 50% that are hanging in and going, give it a chance. And there's 50% going, fuck this. But here's what I don't do. I do not go into social media on a Walking Dead account and, and just, you know, ball up my fist and, and rail about it. Because I don't yeah. believe in that. No. That's bullshit. Yeah, there's no, there's no point in that. Let the people who still like it enjoy it. Yeah. I don't want to ruin your good time. I may not like a show, but please. I just don't have to watch. That's right. And I don't have to remind you that I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to be a part of spreading that kind of bullshit spreading the hate spreading the hate as hannah would say hannah gadsby this has been fun i like talking yeah. to andre i'm so glad that you took us up on like wanting to would you come back if we asked you to come back of course totally i would be i would love to have you we're talking about um you need to get through sensate so that's one of the things we can talk to it doesn't matter like again i feel like a show can just like we try we do try to hit things as they're coming off the line that are hot and fresh just to sort of like people are like oh i just finished watching this show, so here's a podcast about it. But I do feel like uh -huh. we live in a world where we can all like catch up on something like this and, and talk about something after the fact. Because you were talking about this podcast called Rewatchable, where they go and watch stuff that's long aired and, and then talk about them. See if it still holds up. Yeah, well, that's pretty. Or good. just have like their take on it. And I think that's what I love about yeah. podcasts is you can you can do that. And this we don't, we're not trying to do the hot new take. It just means that you know we just watch something that's fresh in our mind. I think it's more like my brain is spongy. And I've had way too many, like, drugs in my youth, and I drink way too much <laughs> in my 50s, so I feel like I forget the show. I was almost like, man, how much gin have I had since I watched The Walking Dead, because I was trying to remember it, and I was like, I don't even remember what fucking happened. I don't remember, like, the top part of season eight, really, kind of. I don't really don't remember it at all. So. Yeah, I don't think that has. I don't think that has to do with the drink. I think just, that just has to do with the show because I don't remember. <laughs> good, thank you so much. Just say me a trip to the doctor. It's good, right? Don't have dementia. Check. Um, cool, great. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna get back together with you very soon. Then that this has been super fun. Is there anything else we want to say about Walking Dead? I mean, I don't think anybody should feel ashamed of this conversation, like I did with Glow. At the end of Glow, I was like, kind of, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I don't. I don't feel like we should feel bad about any of the things we've said. Should we? I don't think so. I have I I been too hard. So I do. I do want to say that if anyone is listening and, and just completely like freaking out because they completely disagree, I just want to say that I don't think we're, 
we're saying that like we're the authority. Oh no, the final final say end all be all. I think that sort of gets lost when, when you talk <laughs> when you talk about movies, TV shows like that because there are some people that give their opinions in a way that they think that's the only opinion. Right. That is conceivably possible. You this is do just this because what I we think. So. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I'm I'm an expert at nothing, at fucking yeah. nothing. It's like when we were watching the Oscars, and then they were like, and one of our uh, uh, people who were on the show is a TV expert. I'm like, well, how the I'm fuck like, do you get this job? I'm a TV expert. <laughs> TV expert. I'm like, bitch, I'm a TV expert too. Then I didn't see that put in the me college on the red carpet. I ain't wearing a dress. I'll show up in my pajamas, but put me on the red carpet at the Oscars. I'm a TV expert too. <laughs> Pff, whatever. You and I, when we were getting to know each other, Andre, I was saying, you know. We, the reason we don't put our credentials out there is that I don't think it matters. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've had a lot of years doing a lot of stuff. Ian's had a lot of years. You have too. I don't think it ultimately really matters. I think it's just people sitting around having a conversation. And when you start putting these credentials out there, you know, PhD and or MFA and, and that's great. I, I'm so glad that people accomplish those things. And I'm not shitting on people for having higher education and pursuing and having years at something. I'm not devaluing that. But what I yeah. am saying is that we live in a time where I think there's a place for everybody at the table to have a discussion about whatever they want to talk about. So yeah. we are not by, I'm not, hey, look, everything that I say on these podcasts could be refuted tenfold by somebody else much smarter and much more invested than me. Copy that, you know, I have you. I'll go ahead and just concede the argument to you. You know, um, this is just my opinion, you know, but if you love something, you watch it and, and fuck the rest of us, you know, <laughs> I don't want to make anybody feel bad about loving what they love, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm still watching the Jersey shore. I'm standing by it. And I got into Florabama. Yeah, sure. now you're watching Florabama. I love those little redneck children. I swear <laughs> to God, that blonde-headed girl, Amy, I think I thought Snooky was my unborn child, the child that I forgot that I had in that blackout back in the day. I think it's Amy. I feel like Amy is the child that I had. And I was just like, for 10 months, I was just like in a blackout, drug-induced blackout, <laughs> and Amy was my child. I feel like that's what happened. She is so awesome. I love that show. And they fight. They fight more than the Orange Kids do. Yeah, They straight out like bar fight other people. It's funny because <laughs> we were watching the pilot and I was we were showing you watched this before we got on the road to San Diego. And Ian was sitting there watching it with me. And they were like, Amy was saying, well, this is how Southerners are. Like, we, we have a good old time. We love each other, hug each other's neck. Then we start drinking. And then at the night, we fight. And the next day, we hug each other's neck and we're apologetic. And you said, and you said. Oh, I said. Um, this I seems said, familiar. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So that's, that's what. Uh, okay, I, I know you, this. I think you understand me a little bit better now, don't you? That's, how, that's what we're supposed to be. That's what this is. Okay. That's my youth, man. I mean, I know I live in this sophisticated, bougie place. But at heart, basically, I'm a lizard person from the South. You know, from redneck land, so can't get rid of that. I'm proud of it too. I really am. I can still redneck some stuff. I don't fist fight with people in the streets anymore. I don't do that. I'm way too lazy to fist fight with people in the streets. I don't believe in that kind of thing. But there was a time when it was very much a possibility if I was awake. Uh, cool. So we're gonna get back with you guys very soon. Is there anything you want to plug? We're gonna be plugging. Uh, we'll talk about what we're gonna plug for you, Andre. Where we can we find your work? Uh, sure. You can find me pretty much everywhere on Facebook. If you just look up Andre Michael music, um, Twitter is at Andre M underscore music on Instagram is at Andre Michael music. That's where I post the majority of my stuff. I just get a bigger audience there for whatever reason. Cool. And then, yeah, if you want to listen to my stuff, then, um, I'm on SoundCloud. Just type in Andre Michael Hayes and you can find me there. You were but, saying yeah. that people can spell that name that you're just saying so, so easily. <laughs> spell your last name so people like Michael, Michael Pickle. What, what the hell? What the? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, Michael Hayes. So it's M A G A L H A E S. You might want to put that in the show. Sure. That's, 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 that's a common name. <laughs> Sure, sure it is. It's so funny. It's yeah, it's my Portuguese name. So hey, you're Portuguese. <laughs> hey, holla. Uh, cool. So word, and then we just got. Uh, I'm very terrible at social media. I think I've said this many, million times before. I just I don't know how to social media. I barely know how to Twitter. You know, I can Instagram <laughs> up a storm. Facebook, I don't care about. But like, 
I don't know how to social media at all. That's why we have 13 followers on Twitter or 16 or whatever it is. Um, I'm really terrible at it. But we just, I put up a SoundCloud and that seems to be getting some love. So we're on SoundCloud. We're also on Spotify now. Um, kind of all, in all the usual places. We're in Stitcher, iTunes, blah, blah, blah. But I see from our, our people find us mostly on iTunes, like iTunes podcast. So... But then again, we're making it easier for people in other countries to to find us. So not everybody has, you know, iTunes. Nobody wants to buy a damn Apple product. So we're trying to make it easy for people to find us wherever they live. So that's cool. So we're going to post up some stuff about uh, Andre. We'll send you those links in case you didn't write down the spelling of his last name. Uh, (laughs) And we'll have you back. I'm so glad that we're going to have you back. Yeah, I can't wait. Super fun. And do you have anything to plug? Um. Well, I still have to watch the uh, the season finale of uh, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Lord have mercy. So we'll 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 be talking about Lord that soon. Lord have mercy. We might not have, we might need to have a cocktail. Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> it's it's so frustrating. Andre doesn't watch that show, but I swear to God, it is. Oh my God, I don't know if you would like it or not, but it'd be interesting to hear your take on it, Andre. But we're like oh, so wanting this thing to be over, but. Yeah, you'll see. And we're going to do that podcast with my cousin on Sunday, my cousin yeah. uh, T. She lives in San Diego. She's got some things to say about that. So I'm loving having these guests on. This is fun. It's like super like partnerships with other people. It's collaboration. And you don't have to, you don't have to uh, talk as much. Although I have to say you talked a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Didn't he? He did, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that annoyed him i'll stop talking okay so uh, you guys take care of yourself as i always say like do something nice for yourself you know what what things do you do for yourself andre that you would recommend that people do to take care of themselves oh just go on a walk Mm. if it's not blistering hot outside just go for a walk go Go for for a walk walk. go for a swim Mm. take it make you know get yourself a tan just get the most out of you can get the most that you can out of the summer i love it that's great All right. We're going to leave on that note. Everybody, have a lovely rest of your day and peace. Peace.